Hello and welcome to another Book on the Shelf podcast. I'm Jen. And I'm Jet. We started a book club, but we never talked about the books, so we decided to start a podcast so that we could talk about the books. Our book club was about reading new books and new genres, kind of getting out of our comfort zone of reading, which in turn we would use as research for our writing, since both of us are writers. And we are back with another episode of Another Book on the Shelf. Today we are going to attempt, anyway, yes, <laughs> attempt to break down the classics genre and kind of go from there, see what we yeah. come up with. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's such a big category, I feel like. Well, out of the ones that we've already talked about, so like young adult mm-hmm. and fantasy, which I think are very less black and white, much more gray or random colors. <laughs> Classics in my head should be black and white. But now that we've kind of been thinking about it and attempting a little research and whatnot, it's gray. It's so gray. And I think too because like I don't know what makes it a classic. Like is it how old, old it, is? it is? Like does it have to be a certain a certain age to be a classic? Like I would probably consider something like I don't know, Brave New World, a classic. But when was that written? As I look over to my copy, that's far too far away to like look. Yeah, I don't know. Or is it something where, or in my head it was always, I you know, semi like pre the 1900s. Right. But it's already 2019, like. Right. That and kind I of, would that doesn't really work anymore. Lump, like, <laughs> say I would still call Steinbeck. Yeah. In the classics category, even though he was writing well into the 1950s. Mm-hmm. And I would call Hemingway classics, even though he yeah. didn't start writing until the 1920s. Like, it's sort of, you know? It's sort of almost whatever would have been in, like, high school English, English classes. Right. I mean, aside from mine, but that's... <laughs> that's a whole other thing. As our listeners know. Yes. Um, it's the whole Footloose thing. Although I was going through the list that you so kindly... Which I totally was just going through my bookshelf and throwing titles onto this list. And like some of them I put question marks beside because I was like, does this count? Like, is the bell jar a classic? I don't know. Right? It's, I th- think that also like part of the definition is where if you say it, everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah. Which is they why sort of know what it I is. had the bell jar on there. But then again, that's also because they probably read it in high school. Yeah. It's just, it's such an interesting, weird category like anything that was written I feel like before 1920 I'm like oh yeah that's a classic that's what that's the category it has to be now especially because at the very least now it's 100 years old yeah right oh my god (laughs) that's already getting into that like domain of like it's free situation right oh yeah that's right (laughs) wild yeah yeah so I literally just went through my bookshelf and was just like this one this one this one I read this in high school this is old (laughs) There was no science behind it other than <laughs> how old it was. Uh, or, like, if it was somebody that I thought, you know, like, Faulkner. I was like, okay, I feel like he's, like, one of those writers. Even though, again, it's not like his work is that old, really. Mm. It's very strange. Or, like, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Which, again, like, he only died, I'm going to say, like, four years ago or something. Yeah. Whereas you're like Charles Dickens. Yeah. Yes. 
right? Christmas Carol, done. Classic. You know, Jane Austen. Yes. Classics. (laughs) The Bronte sisters. Fair. Well, because that's, in my head, like, they're, those are old ladies. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, even though they were writing when they were, like, 16. True. (laughs) (laughs) But in their existence and comparison to right now, that's old. Yeah, so let's kind of, we have a bit of a list, and we'll just sort of, let's just talk through it and kind of see what we... Okay, sure. Why not? So Frankenstein. I love Frankenstein. I think that for sure has to go... That falls under there. Like I think it, so. It was also written quite a long time ago. I think the original was 1818. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, then that definitely <laughs> it's falls old. into It's the... like the OG science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but I think then that's part of it, too. Mm-hmm. Does it fall into the category just because it's old, then? Because that sort of topic and subgenre, I wouldn't really qualify as classics. That, and see, that's where I ran into problems, too. Right? Mm. With, like, sort of, there's a whole dystopian genre of old books like 1984 and Brave New World and Fahrenheit 451, where, like, yes, they're classics, but does putting them in that almost, like, pseudo-science fiction mm-hmm. category put them in a different category? Or is classics just so broad that it's encompassing... I mean, Frankenstein could also be classified as gothic. True. So, I feel like there's just a lot of overlap between these mm. things. Hmm. <laughs> Intrigue. <laughs> Frankenstein, though, is, like, one of my top all-time favorite books. I don't think I've ever read that. It's oh, so good. Is it big? Is it long? No, it's not very long. It's mm. pretty small. What? And, like, every single copy I've ever seen of Frankenstein ends up looking longer than it actually is because it has a whole bunch of introductory and, like, footnote essay stuff um. in it. It's, like, one of those books that's, like, these people read about Frankenstein. And that, I think, definitely kind of falls it into that classic genre is like if at this point yeah. so many people are have written and written and written about it yeah it kind of it's one of those there. ones where it's like there's an introduction to the original introduction or something <laughs> like <laughs> it's wild yeah so one on the list that i have for sure read mm-hmm. and i can't remember if you finished is brave new world yes i did oh you did okay. yeah i remember in the 90s on nbc they had like a mini series oh cool who was in it I almost want to say, not Peter Gallagher, but, like, one of those guys. Oh, you know, it might be Peter Gallagher. I feel like when we were looking at Peter Gallagher yeah, maybe. for other reasons, <laughs> I saw him. For I secret reasons? I saw that listed as, <laughs> like, in his filmography, and I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> so, yeah, so, <laughs> so weird. It's either him or someone, you know, there's kind of, like, that group of actors that all sort of look like that? Yeah, one I of those totally guys. do. And so I remember going to the... The public library, because we did not have it in our school library. And I remember getting it and reading it. Interesting. Just being like, ooh, this, like, fancy book. You not know, like, it was just school such library a... because of the eugenics. Yes. <laughs> Which, I mean, hey, it was still in the public library, so, you know. Baby steps. Amazing. Baby steps and footloose. Eventually, they let them dance, and it's fine. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, like, that one, I feel, you know, like, I can remember that copy. I don't remember all of it because again at this point I literally read that over 20 years ago and I have a new copy and I remember I started reading it again but even that was probably almost yeah not 10 years ago I feel like it was well now I was at the gallery but still that at this point could be could a be a while could be seven years and I think maybe it's also just because I like it so like in my head I'm like sure that can be a classic because it's good check mark I would I would call it a classic though it's definitely a classic of the dystopian genre 
Yeah. Like, or even the sci-fi genre to a certain extent. Because, like, it definitely informs stuff that comes after it. Maybe that also helps define oh. a classic. Like, are, is, are other works drawing on that work yeah. as part of a larger canon of literature? I like that as being, like, a, a checkmarkable yeah. thing. Right? Yeah, I like that. Cool. Let's go with that. I think this is as good as we're going to get. <laughs> Definitely the Bronte sisters, obviously. Oh, yeah. We are talking about it. Also a... gothic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I feel like it's just giant overlap. Totally. We were talking about that the other day when I talked about how I had Wuthering Heights and then lost it in grade eight. I can remember, like, I can remember exactly where my desk was. And then we had, like, the little, like, under the chair things. And I, like, remembered being there. <laughs> and I don't know if I, like, forgot it or if, like, it fell out somewhere at some point. Oh, but I just I, remember I'd gotten it for Christmas. Hmm. I did not love Wuthering Heights. <laughs> I also never attempted to find it or read it again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think it's worth reading. I think you can also tell that Emily Bronte was, was it Emily? I think it was Emily. I think so. You, I feel like you can tell she was a teenager when she wrote that book. <laughs> Not to take away from it. Like, there's still obviously a lot of good stuff in yeah. there. They're all very dramatic. Which is also, I suppose, just a little bit drawing on the gothic. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, too, so many of the, like, old Russian books. Yes. I feel like they just automatically. Mm-hmm. War and Peace, Crime and Punishment, whatever. Like, they just, like, automatically fall into that. Yeah. Like, just feel like, because they're giant and old. Anna Karenina so good so many yeah yeah this is this is the point where like jen's gone to school and had more education than me and i went to school in footloose okay, and she read real be, books to be fair <laughs> i read anna karenina on my own time just because i felt well, like yeah. it like a crazy person <laughs> okay so i had read crime and punishment during my undergraduate degree yeah i attempted to read this book in the midst of exams <laughs> because it was one of like eight books on a syllabus of which I had read two and I was like you gotta read this yeah so I was trying to finish that while also studying for this exam which I bombed by the way you can't pass an exam if you've only read two of the books on the syllabus um I managed and I just like wouldn't let it defeat me and that's the only reason I finished it and I feel bad I should probably give crime and punishment another chance but it put me off of reading anything Russian for a really long time yeah and then I found Anna Karenina surprisingly readable even though it's so long. Like, it's one of those long books where I'm like, no, no, you should read it. Don't be intimidated by the fact that it's literally a thousand pages long. I know that in my, like, first... Because we had to take one, like, regular English class mm-hmm. for my film degree. I know we were, like, Sir Gawain something something and, like, a Shakespeare something. Sir Gawain and the Green Knight? Yeah. And a few others. But then I also had, like, film and literature class. Mm. So I know a lot of those. I think you'd put Willa Cather. Willa Cather, yeah. On a th- we had read one of hers, and I don't remember if that was in the English class or in the film class. And we read it's completely escaping me now, but it was some sort of sad Irish lady. <laughs> sad Irish lady. <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. So like I think sad Irish lady. Yeah, it'll come to me. Okay. <laughs> Do I have any Irish people in here? I do. I have James Joyce. I'm like, there would have to be Irish people in here somewhere, right? I know. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, is there a huge gap in my list here? <laughs> James Joyce is there. It's fine. Yes. 
One on your list that I very surprisingly did read in high school was Lord of the Flies. That I remember. Which is so weird to me that you, like, had all these other books that you weren't allowed to read, but you read Lord of the Flies. I mean, I'll I'll put it out there in, like, not that we weren't allowed. Like, I don't remember, like, one of those moments where okay. I was like, <gasps> you cannot read The Hobbit. <laughs> it was more just, it was never, ever talked about, so I had no idea that it was something that existed. Weird. Like, I cannot remember anything involving Lord of the Rings prior to when it was getting close to, like, the movies coming out. What? Which was after slash during university. That is truly wild. And maybe, like, I kind of, like, knew they were books or something, but not in a, like, oh, these are, like, giant books that people have read for decades that are huge things. Yeah. I am shocked. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I definitely tried to read The Hobbit. No, I did read The Hobbit. I did not like The Hobbit. (laughs) No offense, Lord of the Rings fans. Yeah. But I'll stick with the movies. (laughs) It's like one of the only times you'll catch me saying that. But see, like, are those classics? I would be inclined to say that they are. I think so, yeah. Same with, like, C.S. Lewis and the Narnia books. Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, they're, like, classics of children's literature. But, like, Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. Alice in Wonderland stuff missing from my list <laughs> whoops yeah like i think there has to be some kind of like it ha- it does have to be at least x years old i think i think that has to factor in i would agree but then also is it something that if you set it in a room of like 50 people whether they've read it or not would they 75 percent of them would be like Oh, yeah, sure, okay, you know, The Picture of Dorian Gray, like, that sounds like, like, even me, like, I know that that's a book, I know it's a thing. Oscar Wilde is also Irish. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We're really good Irish girls right here. Um, I mean, I'm wearing a green shirt, so that's something. But, like, it's like that kind of stuff. Jimmy Fallon green shirt. Double Irish, yes. (laughs) Because, yeah, like, again, like, most of these ones on the list, I have not read 75, 80% of them. But I know almost right. all of them. Well, there's, like, maybe, like, two or three. But, like, that I don't. But it's, like, yeah, it's that mm-hmm. thing where, like, you know that it's a thing and it exists and it's a big deal. And probably most people have wrote an essay about it on high, in high school. Right. Yeah, and it's, like, the kind of thing that there's definitely a lot of stuff that people have written about it. But you're right. Now that I'm looking at the list again, it's a very kind of in that gothic darkish. Because, like, mean- there's Dracula. Even, like, Sherlock Holmes and, like... Yeah. All those. This is also, to be fair, a kind of, like, A gen gen snapshot. Yeah, it's a little bit skewed, because I literally just went through my bookshelf, so it does have, like, it's heavy on gothic stuff just because I've Mm -hmm. read a lot of it, whereas I've not read a lot of Charles Dickens, because I don't love Charles Dickens. I've never read. I've obviously seen, like, you know, Christmas Story, blah, blah, blah. I cannot imagine reading any of that Honestly? I sometimes I feel like I need to give him another chance because so many things that I really enjoy that are written like in a modern sense yeah have been called Dickensian hmm. and the, like that they draw on Charles Dickens so I don't know if it's just his drawing on themes or it's drawing on the way that he writes about things not necessarily in like a like a prose sense but just in like a thematic sense oh, yeah because like the Goldfinch for instance has been compared to the way Dickens writes and I'm like okay but I love But is that just because it's goldfinch. giant and there's I mean, lots of maybe, words? I mean maybe. Perhaps. I do think the goldfinch has a very classic feel to it. Mm-hmm. 
For sure. So I don't know. I don't know. But is that in that sort of maybe wordy description way? I don't know. Possibly. Hmm. Anyway. Not to be taking away from the goldfinch because I know you love it. I do. And I don't not love it. I know. I just don't know how I feel about it. (laughs) I just love it with my whole heart. (laughs) I just wanted to love it so bad, but it just like... I just remember, like, for, like every night I was like, you have to read at least ten pages. <laughs> Meanwhile, I was just like, I'm going to reread this as my holiday read. <laughs> I do remember reading The Great Gatsby. Oh, I love that one, too. Which is nice and, like, short. It is nice and short. There was a while where chapters had these, like, little tiny books. And it was like that and The Heart of Darkness and... Oh, Heart of Darkness. Blah, blah, whatever. That didn't make it on the list. That should I be feel there. like I have that one. This is the point where things might sound weird because I'm getting up and going to look at my bookcase. Because we're in our new studio. Woo! The living room. <laughs> <laughs> Super fancy setup, guys. That's one I remember reading in one of my classes in university, and I made the grave mistake of thinking that because it was short, it was going to be a super easy read. <laughs> Let me tell you, friends and listeners, if you have not read Heart of Darkness and you think it's going to be a nice, quick read because it's short, that is not true. I feel like some of those, I when I did that semi-book purge, I might not have. But now that I'm there looking, I'm seeing, like, Lolita. Oh, right! And Kafka. And oh. Anne Rand. And One Flew Over the Cuckoo's I Nest. I do have Atlas Shrugged on this list. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which I have not read. But it is on my bookshelf. I have The Fountainhead, and I have never read it. And it was one of those books that was on my grandmother's bookshelf. And I took, at some point, I think, while she was still alive. But I've never read it. Oh. But it's still just there. Is that one Is that one long? No, it, just, it looks just like a regular kind of like okay. airport paperback. Right. Maybe I should try and read that one first. Atlas Shrugged is massive. Did they make a movie out of that one? Probably. That just sounds like such yeah. a familiar... And that's what it is, I guess... Maybe because it's a classic. <laughs> maybe we should read Ayn Rand for one of our book club books. Okay. We could. Maybe not Atlas Shrugged, though. It's too long. Yeah. We could 2020. We can. Right? 2020 future book club book. The Fountainhead? What's The Fountainhead even about? I don't know. I have no idea. But I feel like she's one of those polarizing writers, so it would be interesting. Yeah. But I also feel like a lot of her themes and ideas are kind of like our brand. Perhaps. I think like weird semi-sci-fi dystopian something yeah i don't know perhaps i don't know or maybe not even at all things we should research more before we do a podcast true <laughs> true <laughs> we went into this half blind which is funny because it's classics but so it's so hard like i to know think about with them. all of the genres this is the third like genre episode we've done mm-hmm. and it when you say the name it sounds so definitive easy. yeah you're just like, okay, you know, we're going to do one on horror, uh, which we are totally coming up are. later this year. But I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it right now. We can just like hold this as like the moment where like Jack got it wrong, but maybe that's going to be the one that's a little bit easier. Maybe. And somehow the ones that we picked so far are just the super gray ones. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like there's so much overlap between all these genres that it's really and not hard. even and not even in the like there's an umbrella over everything and then they kind of have their like subgenres. it's very 
multi-Venn diagram style. Yeah, well, because, like, if you take something like Frankenstein. Like a spirograph. Where, like, you could say, okay, Frankenstein's a classic. 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 You know. But it also has gothic sensibilities. But it also informs a whole lot of science fiction to come. Yeah. Like, you just, yeah, you have this Venn diagram of classics, gothic, and sci-fi, and Frankenstein's right in the middle there. Three Musketeers was a book, right? Yep. Alexander Dumas. Also so did like, the oh, Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah, that's what, because I and, saw that and I was like, all those, like, in my, like, all those are classics. And... Some other ones that I am currently forgetting. Yeah. The Man in the Iron Mask. Oh, probably. That kind of fits right in. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you think there is any Canadian classics? I don't know. I was thinking so hard about this when I was putting this list together, which is why I have several question marks after <laughs> Canadian classics, because I was like, what are they? But I don't know if Canada's just not old, old enough. Because, yeah, in my head, like, if I had to think of, like, one Canadian book. Like, my go-to author is probably Margaret Atwood. Yeah. I think, uh, who was it that wrote The Stone Angel? Carol Shields? That sounds familiar. Right? But, like, all the sort of Canadian, like, iconic Canadian writers I can think of are more contemporary. Well, like, Margaret like, Atwood or Leonard Cohen or... Like, Anne of Green Gables. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. in my head, that's sort of a Canadian classic. That's Canadian, right? Yes. Right? Yes. yes. No, that, I think that's the closest but we're going to But then get. that's not going to... Depending on where we put our, like, it has to be X years old. How, like, where is that going to fall That one it? might actually... Let me see when she was writing Anne of Green Gables. Because at this point, we've listed stuff that's... Everything's been at least 50, year olds, 50 years old now. That one's 1908. Oh, I knew then, that yeah. one was old. So that one would count. Yes. Because, yeah, because we can't even say that it has to be, like, 100 years old. Because we've obviously already listed ones that are less than 100 years old. Not a lot, but just some. You know, like, what about To Kill a Mockingbird? That's... I'm... Diverting from Canadian stuff, but I'm just looking at my book. See, stuff. I would call To Kill a Mockingbird a classic. Right? Yeah, totally. The Stone Diaries. Oh, no, she wrote that in 1993. Never mind. <laughs> but The Stone Angel was a book, though, right? Wasn't that a something? Why does that sound so familiar? I don't know. Let me look this up. <laughs> oh, it's Margaret Lawrence. Oh. 1964. Well, that's at least 50 years, so I think that's going to be... That one has to count. The Stone yeah. Angel... Margaret Lawrence, 1964. Done. Canadian It's a classic. series of novels set in the fictitious town of Manawaka, Manitoba. Huh. Yeah. For a second, I was like, I don't know where that is, but I was like, all right, it's fictitious. fictitious. It's not real. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, other than that, oh, she also wrote The Diviners. Oh. Yeah. I feel like that was a series on the CBC. So, yeah, other than her and... Uh, Ellen Montgomery writing Anne of Green Gables. I can't mm-hmm. think of any really old Canadian writers. Yeah. I suppose I could have just Googled Canadian classics. I think there is a point where stuff isn't classics. Like, I would never, I don't think I would consider Shakespeare classics. Right. Because it's like. I would agree. It's different. It's too old. I don't. Also, they're plays, so I feel like maybe that doesn't count. Yeah. But then I also probably wouldn't call, like, the Iliad and the Odyssey classics, because they're more, like, ancient Greek. I mean, maybe they'd be ancient Greek classics. That's classics in a different sense, though, I think. Right? Like, that's, like, you're talking about Greek and Roman 
what mm. I mean? Like as like a classics. I feel like you're opening another door. I am. Here. I didn't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't mean to. Oh. Fun fact: If you Google Canadian classics, you're gonna get a whole lot of stuff about cigarettes. <laughs> And on that note, if you are on the internet and Googling things, please check out our website. Yes. Another book on the shelf, podcast.wordpress.com. Yep. You can sign up for our newsletter. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Yep. Our Instagram handle is at another book podcast. And then our Twitter handle is at another book pod because Twitter only lets you have so many characters. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and you can follow along for all of our silly book related things it's pretty fun and hopefully made <laughs> and tell us what you think yes. classics are let us know please email us dm us <laughs> oh yeah you can also email us at another book podcast at gmail.com gmail thank you and rate us on itunes this is our little like oh, super yeah. plug please go to itunes yes. and rate us it helps us so much guys yes and then again leave comments talk to us let us know we weigh in know on this all your thoughts have we listened we also that... have a facebook page oh yeah yeah we- we're everywhere. We are. You can't <laughs> escape us. If you think we've like missed a super classic and we're just like completely boned at like yeah, right, just, like we just <laughs> completely forgot about. Yeah, I'm sure we did. <laughs> there has to be like something there. What do you think? Do you have like a list of books that you think will be classics? So if right now, hmm. if we're saying that it has to be at least fifty years old, that's kind of what our you know it yeah. has to be at least fifty years old. It's something that, in theory, you would read in high school, and if you went into a room with, you know, a group of people, three quarters of them would at least know that it's a thing. So in, like, so stuff now that's, like, less than 50 years old, or only a year old, is there anything that you think will be a classic? I mean, I feel like I already slightly made my case for the goldfinch. Yeah. Okay. Check. (laughs) I am, of course, going to continue to be on brand. Yeah. Um, and say Harry Potter. That's fair. Like, that's going to be one of those things where, yes, in 100 years, everyone will still know what it... Well, I mean, I guess if people exist in 100 years, and that's... I mean... That's a whole other podcast yeah. that we haven't started yet. Um, <laughs> Good God. <laughs> but yeah, I think... I, I think you're right with it's that. It's hard, too, because... I feel like the landscape of literature and publishing has changed so much since we started designating things as classics that yeah, it's hard to say what's going to stick around. Yeah. I feel, and again, partially because I'm looking at my bookcase. Fair enough. But there's going to be like a Stephen King, and I, but I can't decide if it would be like... I was also going to say Stephen King. The Shining, or probably The Stand. I haven't read The Stand. Neither have I. But that's kind of one of those ones where like a... That mm-hmm. it comes up a lot. I feel like definitely The Shining, even just in part because, I mean, I know that it's quite different yeah. from the movie, but just because the film also mm-hmm. tends to have that status as yeah. a film. For sure. I feel like that would, like, help. <sighs> that movie. I know, right? When I worked in the hotel, we had a room, whatever the number is in the movie, 237. Yeah, yeah. And we always just had moments where we were like, oh, oh man. Red rums. <laughs> Oh, see, like, I kind of want to, I don't know, Good Omens is kind of like a cult classic. Mm-hmm. It has enough, I think, of a following that it would continue to be read yeah. down the line. Well, I'm just trying to think of, you know, prolific authors. So who's who's mm-hmm. written, you know, like, 
Michael Crichton has written a lot and a lot of stuff that then like I feel like kind of influenced stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. Hashtag Jurassic Park for life. Yeah, right. Also, definitely read you... those books when I was too young. I've never read Jurassic Park. I like Jurassic Park and The Lost World. Oh. I have. I still own them both. I can see both of them right now. Like the original, like paperbacks. Whoa. <laughs> trying to like go through books I've read and see like. Well, yeah, I'm just like trying to think of authors now that maybe one day would be considered like a Jane Austen or Charles Dickens. I mean, I would say Margaret Atwood is definitely in there. Yeah. I feel like The Amazing Adventures of Cavalier and Clay should be. Oh, yeah, I could see that. That doesn't mean it will be. No. But it does seem to be one that people still are reading anew, even Mm -hmm. though it's... I don't know when that one was written, but it was long enough ago that the fact that it still has new people reading it is Mm -hmm. significant. I think it hasn't disappeared. Definitely. It's so interesting. Uh, I know we talked about this in some of the other genre episodes we did but obviously adaptations are a big part of how people even know about the classics mm-hmm. i mean you know if it doesn't have Keira knightley in it is it really a classic <laughs> um that also clearly didn't necessarily give my official opinion of Keira knightley away but my intense sarcasm <laughs> whatever she's better than kristen stewart <laughs> But you like all those like yeah. period pieces, like so many of those. That's true. I think that's a lot of people's first introductions to classics, and they're like, "Oh, that was a book," and they're like, "Yeah, yeah." Especially all the like BBC mm-hmm. productions for like Dickens and Jane Austen, especially. Yeah, but also far from the madding crowd, who I don't remember the author of that one. Oh uh, yeah, we were talking about that semi recently. I know, I can't right? Remember why? I don't remember why either. Hmm. Interesting. Maybe we talk about books too much and spend too much time together. Probably. Hmm, whatever. <laughs> it's not going to change. We were responsible this week. I mostly watched Chicago Fire and only saw you one time. I know. It's always <laughs> so weird when I only see you once a week. <laughs> and then I fell down into my Chicago Fire spiral. It's fine. Which is it's fine. fine. I've been lost in a supernatural spiral, spiral for a year. <laughs> okay. Uh, those are not adaptations of classics. But no. they are TV shows that you should watch. If you love things, but also want to have your heart broken, but love things. Yeah. Extremely accurate. (laughs) Have we come to any conclusions as to what the classic genre is? I I think so. I think maybe, yeah. Like, maybe it needs to, yeah, check a few boxes, which needs to be at least 50 years old. We're going to go with 50. Especially, like, at this point now, because it's, like, 2019. Yeah, that includes books So that would put you at 69. Yeah. Up to 69. So, like, it has to be for sure 50 years old. Yes. I don't think we could say something in the 70s is a classic. No, probably not Just yet. yet right? not, not, not quite. Not quite yet. Not quite. You're almost there, Stephen King. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like, fear and loathing and that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Because, because it's that's too, like, too, too, too young or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I think the whole, like, if whether people know what it is or who it was written by or the fact that it even is a book, they know that it's something. Yeah. It has to sort of be in the... the public cultural collective unconsciousness yeah. or whatever yeah 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 people have to have vaguely heard of it <laughs> <laughs> yes and also i think i mean i feel like just the fact that if you have a work that a lot of people have heard of then it already is mm. influencing things that are being made so yeah 
they kind of go hand in hand. I like that. Yeah. All right. I feel like we broke this down pretty good. I think we did. Those. I f- like. I feel better now about what a classic genre is versus like when I remembered yesterday that we were doing this episode today, and I was like, oh, <laughs> right. And you're like, but what are these? <laughs> I don't know what these are, so I'm just gonna watch more Chicago Fire, and somehow <laughs> that will help me. Totally. <laughs> awesome. Well, tune in. In two weeks for another new episode on the books that we hated. Oh, yeah. So I think this is also going to be an interesting. There will be a little bit of of overlap, I think, too, between talking about classics and talking (laughs) about books we hated. No offense to the classics. I do love them, but some of them just. At some point, there's that. We're all like, they're too. Too old is not the right thing. It's that they're too. Out of modernity or like... Yeah, it's almost it's just like they're too either too far from... removed from our current experiences to... Yes, real words. That's to really resonate. Mm-hmm. Or I think sometimes they take more work because the language is just not what we're used to. Yeah. Like it was just a different way mm-hmm. of speaking English or yeah. writing English. And you're just like, this is taking more effort than I necessarily want to give at the Definitely. moment. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, tune in for that, and you know where to find us. 